Okay, thank you. On page 190, my friends, we are six lines before the end of that top paragraph. Rebbe saying he's uh, quoting verse. Sorry. Okay. Recording. Yeah, I'm going to put this on mute. One second, please. One second. There we go. Okay, so the Rebbe is uh, teaching us uh, a verse in Psalms, uh, Psalm 56. Lamnatzeh Yonas Elim Rechokim, a song uh, for the choir master about the muted dove who is far away. And that muted dove represents that silent space of love and connection and intimacy that a Jewish person can reach with God. And that represents a Jewish person being defined in that intimate moment of connection, proximity with God, seeing oneself defined as an agency of that divine truth and that level of essence. And it's serene and it's quiet, alien, the mute, muted, muting the noise of duality, separation, and the challenging world whereby things are all about my space and my position and my growth and so forth. The ultimate goal is that level of bittle, that selflessness. And then the Rebbe said, why do we call that Rechokim? Why does King David say, the muted dove who's so far away? And he answered yesterday, he said, because this level of connection to Hashem at this level, that state of humility makes you feel that there's so much more that I can accomplish in this most exhilarating place of full infinite potential. So that's what we mean by distant not literal distance in a sense of being far away in a literal sense, but the recognition of infinity and infinity is always room for growth. I can do more. I can see more. I can continue going around the Mizbeach. I can continue surrounding upon this ledge around the altar and come higher and holier. So this level of going on the Kevesh, this ramp, which we said yesterday also represents Kavisha, Kovesh, by you, uh, you, you, you compel yourself to be not defined by self and by my own stations, my own person, but you compel yourself to this level of selfless humility, it propels you to continuous growth. So it's a distance, only the senses, it's a wake-up call, wow, I can do so much more yet. I'm not ever going to be satisfied at any station in life. That's what we call that, King David calls that distance. The step-by-step -step level, however, has the potential to engender a feeling of unworthiness and potential paralysis. Because it's about level and myself and where I am and there's so much more that can be done, needs to be done. So therefore, that level of distance can be one that can create a false sense of self, not a true identity of who you really are. And as such, can be, can be paralyzing and incapacitating if one defines oneself only by that station of my own personal state of life. So in the service of God, we have to be able to navigate between the sense of personal growth and selfish humility, because you need to go to the selfish humility to propel yourself into continuous growth. It's not just about self in terms of my own identification identity, but see myself defined by infinite of God's essence and presence. And then there, there's the sky's the limit, or there is no limit, even the sky. We're on page 190, my friends. So uh, let's start six lines from the end of the top paragraph. Zakhdar Ebevaiter. We're good, everybody? We're here? Accounted for. 
Around the Both world. Baltimore. I don't see North Carolina. I see Muncie. Okay, we're all here. Zak the Rebbe a person who defines life by my own level of life, my own station, my own person, and my own achievement, says the Rebbe. So since it's all about where I'm holding, where my station is, so if I feel that I'm distant and I'm far and there's so much ahead of me, it can be very frustrating actually can obstruct my growth process and the feeling of unworthiness can, can result in paralysis. The person is completely selfless in the sense that it's about who I'm really, who I really am in the presence of God Almighty. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is together with me at the deepest level of his true essence. And by my surrendering myself to that essence, I become defined by that infinite process. That's the silence going to a place beyond the letters of conversation that, re that result in duality and otherness and the sluggishness of existence. That can be very paralyzing. But the silent space of humility, of God's infinite presence in your reality, that allowing yourself to join the ramp as opposed to the step-by-step, -step, says the Rebbe, that although you will then resonate with you feel a sense of rechuko that there's so much more to do there's so there's four parts there's four there's four areas of the mizbeach i'm only on the first one it says that ever you won't stop you'll know that you're an infinite presence an infinite capacitation hashem is enabling you to go further so that sense of humility will propel you to constant growth there's so much more that i see that in god's truth and his essence and his infinity that's all mine to try to grasp more in the context of my life, not being defined by the sluggishes of my human station and limitation. It won't hold the person back from serving I'm only, perhaps I'm only right now at the beginning of this process, but the beginning is in a ramp. That ramp, it's the ledge, the surrounding solvevary, which is infinite capacity. And I'm part of that reality. I exist in that beautiful, full, and infinite, infinite potential. Says the Rebbe, and that's the level of King David's words, the Yonas Eden, the muted dove, muted from the noise of distraction, the noise of, of unworthiness, the noise of a world of duality. I see myself defined by infinite potential because I'm in touch with my, my essential self. This really is how Jewish presence is supposed to frame your mindset as a servant of God. At the beginning of the avoid, there has to be that I compel myself to jump onto that ramp, see myself as a modani Jew. I accept, I acknowledge that that is my true essence. The beauty of God's infinite essence is my beauty. And although I see there's such a distance between myself and my finite state in God's infinity, but God has invited me because of who I am as a Jew with a neshama and a Torah, that I can join him in this journey of infinity, and I can compel myself, I jump onto that ramp. Remember the word ramp, kevesh? Comes from the word kevesha. Kvetch it ein. It's hard to give up the sense of personal growth and achievement and who I am and where I station in life. Give it up sometimes to see yourself as a servant of infinity. Compel yourself. 
when you come to that place of serenity, you'll come to the Birch of the Metziahs, being defined by Chinesar HaSovei. You'll be defined by the transcendent ledge, the transcendent infinite, the encompassing area that allows you to see fullness of potential growth, never incapacitated, humility that propels continuous growth. Because you are always together with an infinite truth in your identity of God's essence and the essence of your soul, and that allows you to move forward into those levels. Let me give you an example of what that looks like from the Bible, from the Torah itself. I may have shared in the past of you, but you'll indulge me. Let me do it again. First, Alachayim, everybody. Good morning. Everybody, welcome back. Zakh to Rebbe Vaito. Oh, we're getting to Lachayim. Lachayim, Lachayim. Good morning. There's this beautiful story told about Rashi and one of his grandchildren. Doesn't say which one it was. Rashi had many grandchildren who later became the Bali Tosfus, people who wrote the commentary. The Tosfus means the additional commentary, Tosfus, but Tosafa, over the Rashi basic commentary of the Talmud. You have the Tosfus, the additional ones. We know some of them, there have been the Tom and so forth. He had many. It's the one conversation he had with one of his grandchildren, doesn't tell us which one it was, uh, that um, had a question to his father, to his grandfather, to Rashi. Question was, we say in Davani every single morning before we begin our prayers, we say the story of the Akedah. On Avram Avinu, that he is told by God to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice upon the mountain. And the Torah says something interesting, says the grandchild to Rashi. It says that Avram Avinu was told to take his son. And Avram Avinu immediately, with alacrity, with his reasons, gets up early in the morning and uh, he takes two, two lads with him. Na'arav, they are Yishmael and Eliezer, the son Yishmael and his servant Eliezer. And of course, he takes Yitzchak. Then it says that Avram Avinu is carrying the, the knife and the wood from the Mekah to the carbon. And Yitzchak has no knowledge at this point who the sacrifice is. He's assuming it's like it's been until now. There's an animal waiting for us somewhere, and we'll get to it and top them out, and we'll find this sacrifice. And then the Torah says, Avram, before he tells Yitzchak who the sacrifice is, it says he's going together with his son, Isaac. He told the lads, stay down at the bottom of the mountain. I'm going up with my son to the top of the mountain. And he tells Yitzhak, here, help me carry the knife and everything else. And the Torah says, as they go up the mountain, they both went together up the mountain. Avram knows Yitzhak doesn't know who the sacrifice is. And yet the Torah says, they're going together. So Rashi's grandson says to Rashi, he says, I understand the beauty of that verse that they both went together, that although Avram Avinu knew they was going to offer his son as a sacrifice, but since God willed it, he did it with the same level of excitement and joy as Yitzchak climbing up, not knowing that it's him. Avram Avinu knowing that it's him, but nevertheless, it's Ratzon Hashem, so dedicated, so selfless, this is what has to happen. God chose me to be the person to bring this concept of selfless sacrifice to the world. He jumps for joy. They're going together. Avram knowing what he's doing, Yitzhak not knowing the innocent bystander, and he, Avram Abin, was excited to do the will of Hashem, as Yitzhak is, although Avram knew where he's going, to offer his son as a sacrifice. Okay, I get that, says Rashi's grandson to Rashi. Later, you took him later, Isaac finally asked the question, where's the beef? Where's the <laughs> sacrifice? <laughs> where, where, where's the animal? Where's the beef? 
And Abraham says, oh, um, guess what? He says, God asked me to take you up here with me because you are the sacrifice. And Yitzhak doesn't make a comment. And the Torah says again, unbelievable. Torah says again, they both went together with the same level of selfless dedication. They're climbing that ramp. They're on that ledge of transcendence of the silence of God's presence. And that's what they define, how they define themselves. And they're both excited to fulfill the will of Hashem. This Torah says about both of them now, father and son, who both know now why they're up the top of this mountain. The Yitzchak is the sacrifice. The Torah says, They both went together to fulfill the will of Hashem. Unbelievable. But then says Rashi's grandson to Rashi, I don't get it. It's after the story that Yitzchak is finally saved by the angel. He says, no, 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 God, we're just testing you. You don't have to do this. Wonderful, okay. So they climb down the mountain, and it says, and Abraham and Yitzchak go down to the lads. And then it says, as they walk back to Beersheba, guess what? It says that Abraham walks together with Yishmuel and Eliezer, and it says again, they went together. What is the yachtov? Together here for the third time in the Torah. I get the first time, I get the second time, the yachtov, the togetherness, to show in the selfless dedication, the bit of Metzias. But the third time, when Abraham's walking with Yishmael and Eliezer back home after the event with the Akeda, what does the togetherness mean? Good question for Rashi. So Rashi is a, is a good teacher and a great parent. And he says, okay, my little Ingela, what do you think the answer is? <laughs> I want you to use your cup, right? What do you think the answer is? And the grandchild came up with the answer. It's a Gavaltika answer. It says, says, says the, the beautiful chat that the, the interpretation is the following. It says they all went together, Avram and Yitzchak, who came now from the most tremendously spiritual event in history of mankind. God asked a father to slaughter his only child born at an old age, and the dedication, the selflessness, because that's what's in Hashem that's living in that transcendence of God's presence and doing it with excitement. And they come down the mountain after succeeding that, that, that test. And now they're walking with Yishmael and Eliezer, two lads walking back home. And said so they all went together. Why? But although Avram and Yitzhak just did this amazing Mesir Asnefesh of dedication, they never thought about it in terms of their own station in life, about their own personal achievement. But what they just did, people are going to be talking about this event for the next 5,000 years. Every single day, we're going to dive in about this and pray. But they never thought about it as personal achievement. They weren't taking stepping stones. They entered a ramp of infinite, of essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And they saw themselves together with the lads, Yachtov, Avram, and Yitzchak, and Yishmoel, and Eliezer, all together, all together in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nothing about themselves. No self-aggrandizement, no self-accomplishment. It wasn't about them. When you have that level of kevesh, kevisha, you put yourself in that sense of selflessness and bittel and climb the ramp, and you're now in the presence of an infinite essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everybody joins this beautiful umbrella of oneness in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you can do whatever you do, and it's wonderful in terms of self-achievement, but it's not about self at all. That selfless humility that propels myself, what can, else can I do for Hashem? What else can I do to make God in this world more aware, but people more aware of that presence? How can I make other people happier by my presence? 
all in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah says, we all went together. Avram, Yitzhak, Yishmael, and Eliezer, no sense of higher stations in life. This is exactly an example, a perfect point of the, of the level of the Bittu B'Metzius of the Sovei. Not Gavaldik that connects so much to this mindless. So next time you say the Akeda in the morning before davening, have in mind that last verse, they all went together. That it's not about self. It's climbing that ramp into the ledge of infinity that sees everybody in the perfect harmony with God and with each other. my friends. You understood what we're talking about over here? It's unbelievable. Beautiful. I have to catch my breath. <laughs> okay, it's a somersault moment. Go ahead, take a somersault. Dr. Abba Dr. Abba Now let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the Maimon. How did the Jewish people get to this Kesser level, this crowning achievement of selflessness and divine essence? By saying Nasa Venishma. Let's go back to the meaning and the efficacy of that statement. So, now we can understand. Why, when the Jewish people in Exodus, when they were asked by God about receiving the Torah and becoming this unique identity of God's presence on the world as a people here living in this world, and they properly responded, Nasa the Nishma, we will do, and we will learn, the word Nishma should not be interpreted as it usually is. We will do, and then we will hear. No, 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 no. How can you do if you didn't hear yet? So you have to hear first. So nishma here doesn't mean we'll do, and then we'll hear. They're hearing already. They're heard what they got to do. If they didn't hear, how can they say we'll do it? You can't say I'll do it before you told the instruction what you need to do. So what does nishma mean? If it doesn't mean hearing, what does nishma mean? Miloshen havanavahasaga. Means understanding. I do, even though I don't yet understand. I'm climbing this mountain to the will of Akadish Baruchu, Nasa. Wow, I'm on a ramp to infinity, and I don't understand how I'm going to get there and what happens when I get there, but it's not about me. It's about being an agent of divine essence. So, Nasa will do. I'm hearing what you want me to do. So, I will do that. I don't understand it yet. I'm limited by my human capacity of understanding to fully acclimate it. But I know what I've got to do. I jump off my step of reality and I jump into the ramp of infinity. That's his kafia. If we have a term that's used elsewhere in the sages, the word na'asel, we will do, can also mean to compel to do. It's a term that's used in, um, in the in, in, in scripture. Ma'asin al You compel someone to give charity. So the word is ma'asin. So na'asel means. It's not easy to jump off the step of self-achievement into the ramp of selflessness, but I compel myself. Naase, we compel myself to go. We kvetch the chan, kevesh, the kvisha, I kovesh. I push myself into that state of infinity. So we say that the Jewish people said naase, and then nishma means sigam sekasher enu masi. I don't get it. I don't understand fully what's happening over here. He compels himself. This is the will of Hashem. This is who I really am at the essential core. So although my state of revealed levels of understanding 
and my usual executive functions of life. Cannot find the rationale, but I compel myself that I'm bigger than just what I understand to do what I've got to do. Like we said yesterday, fulfilling the mitzvahs, doing the Torah, being an agent of God between myself and God and myself and fellow men. That's what it means. And to preface the Nasa before the Nishma as the necessary step the Jewish people needed to take as a hachana tamat and Torah, as a preparation to receive the Torah. Because the Torah is not about giving the Jewish people information and data. It's about creating relationship with the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at a level beyond revelation, at the essential level. So the Jewish people had to take that first motion and that first initiative by saying, Nasa, we hear what you want us to do. We're not sure we understand it just yet, but it isn't about the understanding. The understanding will come later. There'll be the Nishma. We will learn and understand later, but right now it's Nasa. That's the appropriate preparation for receiving the Torah. And that's why they got the Kesser, the crowns, as a result of that response. By saying we will do, and then we will understand. They put that concept of doing what they're supposed to do, doing what they're actually created for, allowing yourself to be wired into your truest core essence. That's what Nasa means. And they saw that there's a beauty and there's an energy of that doing much greater than my understanding can take me to. That's what Yiddishkeit's about, that I, as a representative and agent of the divine, of the essence, what I do in this world, the footprint that I leave is a lot more potent than just what I can understand or don't understand. Understanding has its place, has its position, and has its area of joyful revelation in relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it's defined by my level of understanding or the lack thereof. But by doing and being an agent in every step of my life, put myself onto the ramp of infinity, and the Jewish people realize that's what God is doing for them as an invitation to Sinai, to come see God as God is, not to see yourself and how you fit into his reality, but just surrender that reality to that essence. Dr. Rebbe, there's no question that when you understand something, there's a great joy in that relationship of understanding. It's exciting, it's exhilarating. There's a lot of inspiration in studying and say, wow, what a geschmack apostle. What a wonderful Devar Torah. What a wonderful thing the rabbi just said. What did he say? I don't know, but it sounds like a great speech. But there's an enjoyment there when there's some kind of level of understanding when you share revelation. Says that happens. So there's joy there and the avoid of NASA, but sometimes when you have to do something without understanding why, it's a kvetchkai, like the kevish. You got to stop yourself. I know, but I just got to do it. I know this is the right thing to do. My gut tells me, my soul tells me, but it's not as geschmack as learning, a geschmack of sicha, a geschmack of mimer, a geschmack of toysis in the Gemara, whatever it might be. Mikamakim, the Jewish people said, they got it right. They hit the nail on the head. They said, Nasa this relationship is not about letters and revelation and understanding. This relationship is about essence with essence. It means God needs me to be his essential ambassador of the world by what I do in this world. Sure, I enjoy studying and understanding and the joy that comes with understanding. No greater joy in life. But life isn't just about my enjoyment. My life is about giving God enjoyment. And his enjoyment is that seeing me be his agent in this world. 
and when you enter that realm, you will find a level of enjoyment and pleasure that far surpasses, far surpasses the personal levels of personal enjoyment that's limited to your capacity to understand. Because now you're defining yourself by how you're wired to be at that essential state. The serenity of that place, the silent, the golden silence of essence that you get only when you do what you're supposed to do. In the face of the challenges of life, it's hard, I don't understand, but doing that, you climb that ramp and you enter to that ledge around the Mizbeach, you find yourself in a place like we said yesterday, Jeromis Mizrahi, Southeast. It's warm, it's illuminating, it's exhilarating, but that's where you're supposed to be. You're exactly who you are. Don't worry about your steps, your stations, you're exactly who you are. We're holding five lines from the bottom of the page. That's the bitol v'hashtika the pinus keser. That represents the selflessness, the silence of keser, the crown. And that was the hachanah to the giving of the Torah. Hainu says the Rebbe, So God saw the Jewish people. They said the right words. They triggered that response. They said, Nasa, yes, it's the actual ambassadorship. It's the agency that I am. Whether I do or don't understand, whether it resonates with my station life or not, but there's something beyond my resonation. And that is my essence, my core. And God's invited me to be there. And they said, Nasa Lanishma. So God gave them that Kesha Hatayra, that silence of essence that the Jewish people get. Because Torah is to us, not just understanding and wisdom, Torah is that relationship with Hashem at the essential level. Hold on a second. When you study Torah, you're gaining information and wisdom. How do we, what, what do we mean to say that studying Torah, Torah is about having a deeper, more essential relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu? Everybody's going to question that. But Torah is wisdom. Torah is information and data to teach us so much about divine wisdom. So how do we understand and reconcile the fact that it's essence, but yet Torah itself is a book of wisdom, people of the book? How do we navigate and reconcile that seemingly contradiction between saying that it's essence, but at the same time, it's wisdom. Hold on to your chair, says the Rebbe Vaita. So uh, he's quoting here from the Zohar. There's no question. Torah is the revelation of the wisdom of God. So every Pasuk is another beautiful semblance of that wisdom. Torah comes from wisdom. Hold on to your cheers. We know what the Alter Rebbe said in the Mimer, by he called me Alarakia. There's a beautiful verse. Remember we quoted before about the book of Ezekiel and the prophecy, seeing the angels flapping their wings with love and flare of Hashem and coming higher and higher. There's a Pasik in Ezekiel that says the following, by he called me Alarakia. There was a voice that these angels were hearing that Ezekiel sees and hears as well. There was a voice above the firmaments. Torah isn't just about the voice of wisdom. Torah is a sense of a voice of Torah, which is higher than the firmness of existence, the voice in silence, the voice of essence. Yes, Torah ultimately impacts how you think and what you study and about the relationship that comes with the study and the enjoyment of it. But the real level of the joy comes from the fact that as you study Torah, you're able to seamlessly transmit the silent voice of essence as it becomes part of your study material. You harmonize the two realities. There's a voice above the firmaments. That's where Torah comes from. Like the angels, before it says, they stood silent. They stopped flapping the wings. 
and they saw the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What happened? They heard this voice above revelation, above the love and the excitement, the resonation of their joining and they're flapping their wings and they stopped flapping. They heard a voice beyond that, the essence of Hashem. And they stopped flapping their wings like we do in the Shemona Esrei. We stand at silent attention before God. Says the Rebbe, so when you study Torah, yeah, it's all wisdom, but you need to know, like Ezekiel saw the angels before, and what the Jewish people experienced at Sinai, you have to extract the essence of Hashem as he is defined by that essential core silence of divine energy and essence that propels you to continuous infinite growth because you connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence that then informs how you think and how you study. You never limit the wisdom of Torah to the capacity of your understanding of it. You know that it's always every Pusik is God saying, I need you to do this. It's God saying, this is how we do that. This is how we do that. It's never a construct of the human limits and the diameters and parameters of the human appreciation. We're always able to unite and see the Torah from the voice that's above the firmaments that caused the angels to stop flapping their wings and stand in attention. So when we study Torah, the Gavaldikat of studying Torah, you're being introduced to a sense of essence of Hashem beyond the study and its limitations therein. That's the capacity of studying Torah. So study and enjoy, but don't limit it to what you understand. A priest that between every line and between every word is an essence of God saying, this is me, myself, not just my wisdom. The call me Alarikia, the voice above the firmaments that the angels saw in the heavens above. Beautiful. We continue tomorrow morning. Same time, same station around the whole world, from Israel to the world. Okay. Amen. Hashem, amen. 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 Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. The call me Allah Rakia, the Pasik and Navi. The sound above the phone. Angel song. Do we read that on Shruis? Is that the, the Haftorah on Shruis? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> okay. Yashikoa. Zagazun, Zagazun. I hope your eye is getting better. Baruch Hashem, it's just a little, it's much, much better. Thank you so much. Okay, good, good. Uh-huh. Don't go away yet, but it's on the way out. Okay. All right. Climbing the mountain to help. Okay, up the ramp. That's <laughs> definitely onto the ramp. Rabbi, is it a paradigm for Sorry, I can't hear you. I, there's something in the background. Somebody's got. Is the paradigm? Shoshana, unmute yourself now. Shoshana, unmute yourself. Okay. Is the is the Akeda the paradigm for Achtos, like like Devekas and Achtos? Is that the ultimate? It's a paradigm for Bittel Bemitzias. That sense of selfless identity. Uh, Which, of course, uh -huh. is, the, is the paradigm for true unity. That Abraham's walking with Yishmael and Eliezer, and he sees nothing about himself at a higher level, even though he just did the act of the centuries. Does Eliezer represent the, the Gentile world other than the Arabs? Because Yishmael is, represents the Arabs and... Uh, perhaps, perhaps so. Yeah, because he was uh -huh. an Arab and an Evid, and he didn't, yeah, you can say that. And they all walk together. Yelchul <laughs> Yachto. Mm -hmm. All walking together. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank yes. you. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. Thank you.